Welcome to The Edge Conversations, a podcast series produced by the Institute for Molecular Bioscience at the University of Queensland. Each episode is a deep dive into the often lifelong journeys and struggles of people with infection, pain and other chronic illnesses, as well as the people who research them. By harnessing expertise in chemistry, structural biology, genomics, cell biology and bioinformatics, IMB has become Australia's leading life sciences research institute. IMB is set apart in its ability to translate basic biology through to health outcomes and bringing new treatments to patients for infection, pain, chronic disease, and more. The Edge Conversations, personal and inspiring stories fueling IMB's pursuit of cutting-edge research. Brianna Torrey was 13 when she noticed unusual aches and pains. By the time she was 17, she describes herself as a walking zombie. Racked with pain and burdened with chronic fatigue, she finished school against all odds. Now, at 21, Brianna has decided she's not going to be defined by her fibromyalgia diagnosis. Thanks for joining us today, Brianna. Thank you for having me. You are more than welcome. For those of you who don't know you, um, they will be amazed to see how much you manage to pack into your average day. So what are the things that you're thinking about when you wake up in the morning? I think about my diet, my exercise, my sleep, what lighting I'm going to be in different environments, how long I'm sitting for, what types of seats I'm sitting in, um, different sensations that might come from sound and smell and just day-to-day driving, how long I'm driving for. So that's um, quite the list and things that probably the average person doesn't think about in the morning. Why are these things something you have to think about? It's to help manage a chronic pain condition I have called fibromyalgia. We'll get into the diagnosis of fibromyalgia later on in this, but let's start with when and how your journey with chronic pain began. So it started for me when I was around 13 years old and I just started getting sick more often, started getting a bit more fatigued and I went to the doctors and got told there was, yeah, nothing wrong with me. It was just growing pains and kind of got shrugged aside. From a young person's perspective, suffering from something like chronic pain and then having to explain yourself to adults over and over again must be quite a confronting thing to have to do. Definitely. Like at a young age, you sometimes lack the vocabulary that an older person has. You lack the validity seen by older people. Like older people see you as being young, so you don't properly understand your body or know what's going on. So you're not seen as as reliable when you explain what's happening to your body. And so that's definitely a hard thing to overcome. So let's jump forward to grade 12. By the time you're in your senior year of school, things had really started to escalate. What were your symptoms by this stage and how did they leave you feeling? At this point of time, I was extremely fatigued. I would fall asleep on the bus ride to school, sleep on the bus ride home. I was getting sick quite often. I was having brain fog. I was having memory loss. I couldn't remember little things that like my family had told me the night before. And they'd say, oh, like, why didn't you put the dishwasher on? And I'd just be like, nobody told me to put the dishwasher on because I just have complete memory loss. And you're at an age where obviously, you know, life is exciting, you're about to finish school, you're going to go to uni and you literally are being told that uni is something you should not consider. 
but you, being the person that you are, decided that that was not an option for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, when I was completing year 12, there was a lot of questions of whether I'd actually be able to complete year 12 because my attendance was so poor and whether I'd have the marks to actually graduate year 12. But I managed to do it. And then going into uni, I got told I needed a year off to take care of my health. But instead, because I'd missed out on so much the year before and in the past couple of years, I was sick of missing out. And so I decided I wanted to go to uni full time. And that was to study law. Is that right? Yes, I started off with um, an undergraduate in law and society and international relations and politics. And during this time, this is when the diagnosis of fibromyalgia was given to you. Um, What did that diagnosis really mean and what are the consequences of that? Yeah, it was kind of just like a catch-22 when you got the diagnosis because it was so nice to finally feel like you're not crazy and here's this label that explains every single random symptom you're going through between not being able to regulate your temperature properly to um, having like lots of sensitivities, different lights and stuff. But then at the same time, you get told, here's this chronic condition you're diagnosed with. You're going to have it for the rest of your life. We don't understand why you get it and how you get it. So it's kind of you never will never get cured and of course in the middle of this you're also diagnosed with celiac disease so you're dealing with that so you've got the chronic fatigue the chronic pain and the the celiac disease all blended into one yeah you're at university (laughs) you're doing something you're being told not to do how do you manage all of those symptoms and get done what you need to get done to complete a degree a lot of sacrifices have to be made because when you have chronic fatigue and chronic pain, you have a limited energy source. So an average person may wake up in the morning with a like a phone battery. So they might wake up in the morning with between 90 to 100% energy. Whereas like I would wake up in the morning with about 40 to 50% energy. So I have to just prioritize a lot and be like, so I've committed to doing uni full time. That just means I can't exercise as much as I want to. I can't go and have a social life really and catch up with my friends as much as I want to. A lot of stuff at home, jobs and that sort of thing, I couldn't get done because all my energy was focused on uni. I can imagine for the average young person, because this is not an overly rare disorder, it's becoming more and more people are being diagnosed with fibromyalgia and um, chronic pain and chronic fatigue. When you are at that age in your life where you're, you know, you're meant to be on, you're meant to be out and about and doing things, if somebody does not have the capacity as you do to mentally deal with all of that, this must have an incredible effect on the mental health of young people. Definitely. When you're going through something like this, it's quite isolating because what you're going through, usually lots of people who are going through this don't know anyone else their age who's going through something similar. And not only that, but because of your limited energy, you don't have as much energy to socialise. And when you are with your friends, sometimes you don't have the energy to keep up with what they're doing. So it's definitely quite isolating. And that's unfortunately, there's quite a high comorbidity of mental health issues with people with chronic pain and chronic fatigue. And This knowledge, did it lead you to change your course? Would you like to tell us a little bit about that? Because you decided to change focus at university. Yeah, during my undergrad, I changed from my original course to psychology because I think there's such 
a need to help people and mental health is so important just to your general quality of life. And that's something that I experienced throughout going through my journey and now I'm talking to more people and it's such a big, important part of their life. And so, yeah, I've changed to it because I think early intervention is key. So I would love to go and work in the psychology field and work with kids and, yeah, try and make a difference into their lives. And this drive that you have to help people has actually encroached on other areas of your life as well. Would you like to tell us about the different groups that you're involved in and the work you're doing both here and, you know, overseas? Yeah, so I've been lucky enough to go and do a lot of volunteer work over the years, with, especially with children from different sorts of backgrounds. Um, more recently, in terms of chronic pain, I um, helped start up a national pain support group last year, which I'm currently co-facilitating. And that has opened so many doors in not only meeting other young people with chronic pain, but in the community, we've had amazing like support from people internationally wanting to like find out about the group and ask like help and we've also had a strong relationship with the Department of Health in Queensland and we've been really lucky enough to help consult on a project they have about increasing access for young people into the healthcare system. Because what happens with young people is that, oh, well, actually not just young people but with uh, anybody who suffers from this group of symptoms is that you get pushed from pillar to post. Can, uh, how many different specialists do you think can you list them that you've seen? That I've seen, I've seen a gastroenterologist, a gynecologist, a rheumatologist, a sleep specialist, a physician, a I honestly can't list, <laughs> there's been so many. And then on top of that, you have the allied health team of dietitians, physios, chiropractors. Um, you've got your GP. There's just an endless list of people you're constantly seeing. So it's quite a difficult path to navigate to, first of all, to get a diagnosis, because how long did it take you to get your first diagnosis? So from the time I started experiencing symptoms to my diagnosis was five years. That's a very long time to be unwell and to not have any kind of idea of what's going on. Yeah. And unfortunately, though, that is the norm for a lot of people with chronic health and chronic pain conditions. It takes years to get diagnosis because it's usually a last case diagnosis. You go through the system, everyone rules out different things from so many different systems of your body, which is why you see so many different specialists. And then finally, you end up with a chronic health or chronic pain condition because it is literally the last case resort. Which kind of leads me now to ask you about the work that is being done into pain research at the Institute for Molecular Bioscience at UQ. Why is it so important? Um, like I said before, because diagnosis takes such a long time. There's so many people suffering for no reason. So research helps open up the doors and makes people more knowledgeable and hopefully leads to like decreasing the diagnosis time so people get a diagnosis earlier. And not only that, but they're able to manage the pain condition earlier. Like the IMB scientists are currently looking into toxins which cause pain in order to block it, which is something that could be very beneficial for a lot of people with chronic pain. And so going through this, I think it's so important, any research that can be done around chronic health and chronic pain, because a lot of different conditions, they don't understand the cause of why things happen. And so how are you supposed to treat something if you don't understand the cause? So this research is so important because once you understand the cause, you can start treating. 
That's very true. Causality is kind of at the heart of this issue. Again, if you could say something to somebody, maybe a young person out there who is in the same, you know, position as you who maybe has been going through chronic pain and what would your advice be to them? My advice is to be keep on pushing because it's a hard journey and sometimes you just feel defeated. So have some self-compassion, be kind to yourself and just keep on pushing because you're your biggest advocate on your health journey. That's a lovely way to end this chat, Brianna. Thank you so much for sharing your inspiring story with us. We wish you best of luck with your degree. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) You're more than welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Edge Conversations. For more information on the Institute for Molecular Bioscience at the University of Queensland, visit their website, imb.uq.edu.au.